Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello and welcome to, or welcome back to, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you for pulling your chair up to our little virtual cool kids table. I started the show over five years ago with the intent of being able to bring ideas and nuggets and theories to people who want to do more with their entrepreneurial journey. So many people who listen to the show feel like they have their ladder against the wrong wall. They're climbing that corporate ladder, but it doesn't feel right. And here's the thing. I get it. I get it because I lived it for close to 20 years. I was in the corporate marketing and sales world and I was good at it, but I wasn't doing anything that sparked my soul. And then for the last 10 years, I've worked as a professional speaker and corporate trainer, going into association conferences and into companies for team meetings and sales kickoffs, where I can actually share some of the stuff that I've learned along the way. I can do it in an entertaining manner and inspire people to take action. And all of a sudden, that's what I was meant to be doing. And so my ladder is now against the right wall. And so I want to make sure that if you're feeling that you can relate to any of that, that you're looking at how do I get from here to there? And we are now all the way up to, believe it or not, episode 507. Yes, we got that far, 507. That is absolute craziness. Oh, I'm sorry, 508. That is absolute craziness that we're at 508. I don't know how we got there, but we did. Go back and listen to all of the previous episodes so that you too can be inspired along the way. Before I get to today's show, I have to thank our first sponsor. So human behavior, it is a complicated thing, right? Especially when it comes to working and living together. Well, my friends, Dr. Josh Packard and Megan Bissell, they understand how and why people behave certain ways in groups, at work, etc. And their podcast is my sponsor. And guess what? I'm a sponsor of their podcast. Their show is called The Bias Disruption, and they answer all the tough questions around what is the deal with team size and how do company cultures actually change? And if you've ever wondered how to make those changes and make them stick, you've got to listen to The Bias Disruption. Megan and Josh, they use social science, real-world experience, and humor to share their useful insights. And they are awesome, just like my guest for today's show. So today's guest is J.P. McAvoy, and, and he is an attorney, and he is an entrepreneur, and he is just cool. And, you know, he's done work with some of the most amazing people, and it's like I get to know him, and I'm kind of becoming his friend, so that's even cool too. And I'll tell you what. I met him at the New Media Summit. If you've been listening to the show, you know I met a lot of people there that I've been inviting on to cool things entrepreneurs do. And JP was one of those people in just a short conversation. I am like, this guy has to come on cool things entrepreneurs do because he's doing cool things. Hey, JP, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom, thanks for having me. Thanks for that wonderful intro. And I'm happy to be lucky number 508. Congratulations. That's quite an achievement. Five, 508, I don't know how it happened, but 508 arrived and it is you. So, go. so JP, I don't read bios. I let people sort of introduce themselves. So why don't you tell everybody who is JP and, and what do you do that's cool? Perfect. Thank you for that. Uh, so JP, as you said, is an attorney, uh, a business lawyer. Uh, I have a busy corporate commercial practice and practice at a firm called Conduct Law with offices in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and Orlando, Florida. I Florida. love uh, Ottawa. Ottawa's like Austin with flowers. 
There you go. And in the, in the summertime, right? In the summertime. In the wintertime, it's like Austin with lots of snow yeah, and I've a skating been, rink. I've only ever been there in April. <laughs> Good time for that. Good time for that. I'm also a business consultant with CPLSPA. And uh, Tom, in both those capacities, I've worked with a lot of business owners uh, over the years. I help business owners grow their businesses and hopefully sell them for ultimately what we're hoping is millions of dollars. Nice. Nice. We like that. That's We like millions of dollars. That is awesome. So what sort of led you into this world of entrepreneurship? I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of lawyers own businesses, but they're not really entrepreneurial. So you went to law school. What, what was sort of your track? What did you do? What's your, what's your career history? Great question. Uh, I'm one of those people, one of those rare people that can say that they always knew what they wanted to be. And when I say that, uh, I recall, I mean, going back to grade six, saying I was going to be a lawyer, uh, for a shadow day, for a careers day at the school, the task was to go find somebody you wanted to, to be when you grew up. Uh, most people just shadowed their parents for that day. I remember breaking my father's heart and, uh, uh, and telling him that I didn't want to be a banker. That's what he spent a career doing. I said that I wanted to be a lawyer. And I went down and knocked on the door of the local lawyer, introduced myself as a young grade six and said I wanted to be a lawyer. And he was rather taken by me and said, come on in. And he taught me all about what it meant to be a lawyer at grade six. I went back to see that same lawyer after first year law school and I knocked on that door again and uh, he looked at me quite worried actually. He thought maybe I was a long lost son or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I explained that I'd actually been there in grade six and did he remember me? He kind of did, but in any event, I asked him for a job again. He gave me a summer job and he's been a friend and mentor since. What you just described is completely accurate. In law school, you learn the law. You don't learn anything about being a business person. Uh, and my experience, uh, obviously I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer for what I thought was originally to be on my feet. Uh, yeah, courtroom litigator is what I thought it was going to be. Through law school, I learned that uh, the, majority of, the majority of trials actually settle, uh, or the, the majority of actions settle. Uh, yeah, they, they, never, the they, never, they never settle on like law and order or, the, or the, law, the lawyer things. They're always in court. It's always Clarence Darrow all the way. But uh, I used to be the marketing director for two Amlaw 100 firms. So I worked inside big law. It's true. A lot of it is you're locked in your office looking at paper, coming up with a settlement, and that's it. That's, that's exactly it, right? After, and a lot of times it's after you know, spending all night looking at that paperwork, right? So you wake up in the morning and the thing settles and you're like, great. You throw it all in the garbage and you start again. So for me, it was, I was taken aback. Uh, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, uh, because I wanted to be engaging and I wanted to be in the law that way. But then, as you say, I didn't want to be pushing paper all the time. As I finished through law school and those first work experiences with that lawyer, he was a business lawyer as well, I started doing different business deals and I started watching friends do business deals and I realized there's the right, there's the right mix for me, the, the mix of law and entrepreneurial work to create a business you know, that becomes something and actually impacts the world. And so I've had the good fortune to be involved with it a number of companies that did just that. And that's where, uh, that's where it finds me here today. So you sort of found that entrepreneurial bug in a way, way to live out your childhood dream of being a lawyer and still be an entrepreneur. So now that you've been doing this, what do you love about the life of entrepreneurship? The life of the entrepreneur is the creative aspect of things. So it's the exact opposite of what we just described in terms of sitting in the office, pushing that paper. The entrepreneur and it's not, it's not for everybody. A lot of your listeners, I'm sure, will uh, either be people that are doing it or are people that are quite comfortable in a salaried position somewhere where they don't have to worry about where the next paycheck's coming from. An entrepreneur has to be willing to take the ups and downs uh, and live with that. And uh, for me, as I've watched different companies struggle with that, it's the excitement, the exhilaration of actually creating something that can create vast wealth. And uh, in the face also of 
complete destruction that keeps people motivated. And for me, it's always been very interesting to be right on the forefront of that. So if someone's listening to this show and they want to be more of an entrepreneur, they're, they're ladders against the wrong wall. They want to go chase their, their, their heart's desire, not only having done it yourself, but also as a business lawyer, I know from having worked with many, as a business lawyer, you have worked watching, helping people form, helping people do deals. What advice do you have for people who want to become an entrepreneur? Great question. Great question, Tom. Uh, this is uh, something I'm saying constantly to clients. Uh, and, uh, I, I really think it's true. I mean, a lot of people have uh, an energy or a passion for something. They don't ever take the steps. They don't ever put the wheels in motion. And so to those people, anybody listening, I say, do it. You know, I mean, it's not an, it's not a Nike ad here, you know, just <laughs> actually get the wheels in motion. Take first, take the first steps to create whatever it is that you uh, are thinking is your passion and you can, you know, it's your gift to bring to the world. Take those first steps. The second thing to do is get advice, right? You work with coaches, work with people that maybe have done it before. And for goodness sake, talk to a lawyer, talk to an accountant. Uh, people are afraid, they're afraid to reach out to a lawyer. And the reality is most lawyers, it's certainly a good one, is going to talk to you at least for a half hour the first time, right? Reach out to that person and get some advice. I can't tell you, Tom, how many times I've seen people take the first part of the advice, in other words, get going, but then they hesitate or they don't reach out to that lawyer and they're too far down the road to, I shouldn't say too far down the road, but they're so far down the road that they've created issues for themselves that could have been easily avoided if they'd gotten some advice earlier in the process. Gosh, and that's so true for companies that can scale, right? I worked for a bunch of corporate lawyers who dealt with venture capital-backed companies, growth-oriented companies, angel-backed companies who had started this and like gone to grandma's neighbor and given the person, you know, a percentage of the company. And then all of a sudden they can't give venture money because they gave, you know, Uncle Billy's neighbor too much, you know, too much it's of the huge, company. A huge mess that you have to clean up, right? And uh, as you say, that's, that's actually one of the... Uh, uh, very common mistakes people, people make. The paperwork's not in order and heaven forbid they actually create something of value <laughs> and they create a situation where somebody else says, oh, that's great. Thanks for creating that. And now I want my share, right? Where you could have had that cleaned up to begin with from the, you know, right from the get-go. So I go in and talk to companies about what I call the gap between potential and performance. But I love to ask the experts who come on this show, why do you think, I mean, when somebody starts a business, we all think they have potential. They think they have potential. Their mommy thinks they have potential. And yet, when we look at the company five years later, most companies don't make it five years. And those that do, many of them are on life support. And yet some of them have gone way far and have great results. Why do you think there's a delta between potential and performance? And why do some people get farther across the gap and others fall in the abyss? Uh, that's such a fantastic question. Uh, I, I, I believe that it, it really is the leadership. It really is the, the individual or individuals that are leading an organization that are the single biggest factor for success. Um, I see it countless times. In fact, I see when we describe VCs, uh, VCs more than willing to invest in good people as opposed to you know, the best technology or the best ideas. So without fail, it is, uh, it's the individual leader or leaders, uh, and then I guess to drill down further, so what, what do they possess? Like what is it that those individuals have that lead to a, a much greater chance for success? Because invariably some of these companies still fail, fail as well. Uh, the difference there is that those leaders have a vision and a commitment to that vision. Uh, and if they're unwavering or unfailing in uh, their desire to see that vision come to fruition, those are the people that are gonna drive a, an organization to success. 
Awesome. Well, JP, I've got more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. Let's do it. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right training, equipment, and the guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like J.P. McAvoy. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things. Check out the special offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, JP, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? Other than this podcast, because that's got to be right up there as well. (laughs) I think that the, so I, as I describe uh, uh, my business, uh, I have a traditional law firm. I'm the managing partner of a a traditional business law firm. Uh, And uh, I think the cool things that we're doing at the law firm are the leveraging of technology. Um, when we talk about traditional law, in fact, I think traditional law is in, in trouble in a lot of ways uh, because uh, I've actually been a partner at a much, much larger firm uh, that was occupying some of the best, you know, best space, the grade A space uh, uh, in the downtown office tower. Uh, and clients uh, really weren't that interested in coming to visit it. Uh, they don't want to come down and deal with the, the hassle of uh, the traffic and the, and the parking. And so what I'm seeing is more and more people are communicating just like we are now. Uh, and it's making the world a lot smaller. And, and it's actually extending the ways that we're able to do business and, and as a lawyer, the ways that we're able to bill for that business. So one of the cool things that we're doing to describe uh, or to answer your question specifically is working with clients both in uh, the United States, Canada, and in Asia uh, to build uh, a, an investment network that is connecting these individuals so that they can take their ideas and get them financed. So switching gears just a little bit, so I'm not gonna name drop who, but you know some pretty famous entrepreneurs. You've worked with and consulted with some pretty famous entrepreneurs. And when we were talking about this, the names that you mentioned, automatically I saw one thing, and that was people who look four and five steps ahead. I'm often, amazed when I talk to people who can look five steps ahead. I'm lucky to look at the step that I'm on. So let's talk about entrepreneurship from that level, from that level of that person who's a real visionary. Having been around some of these visionaries, what sets them apart from the regular business person? Great question as well. The visionaries, and you're right, I've worked with a handful of them. Uh, The visionaries, uh, I am... It's fascinating to watch uh, uh, somebody that you can truly call a visionary uh, and uh, see their mind uh, in action. They will, and I'm thinking about three different ones in three different industries, uh, they will sit and listen. So I've always been fascinated to actually be in a a room commanded by somebody, in the case of a couple of them that are billionaires, uh, and uh, they don't own the room. Uh, and by own the room, I mean they're not, they're not the biggest, uh, they're not the, the loudest voice in the room. In fact, a lot of times it's lawyers, not surprisingly. <laughs> the visionaries are sitting and listening. So their listening skills are beyond uh, what, you, what you typically see because they're actually 
listening and thinking. They don't, they don't need to speak as much because it's not really their voice they want to hear. They want to hear what others have to say, and then they process that. Uh, and it's almost like uh, you can watch them as they sit back and listen. Uh, it's like they're moving chess pieces on a board. Uh, and that's how they're able to see it this one, two, three, five years in the future, which is certainly the case for, for a number of them. Well, and I, I find it interesting. You, you said something and you said you can actually see their mind thinking and thinking differently than yours or maybe other people's going on. So I have an example. So my future son-in-law is a mathematician and arguably he's one of the smartest 25-year-old mathematicians in the country. He has won some awards in high school and college that would be uh, in the math world. People say, ooh. I didn't know there was a math world till I met him, but apparently there is a whole world of people who are uh, really into the whole concept of high-end mathematics. And when I first met him, of course, you know, he's a pretty serious young man dating my daughter. You want to know a little bit about him. And so, I, you know, I, I asked him, you know, kind of, you know, what, what, what does a math person, you know, what do you do? And he starts describing some things that he does. And, and then I asked him a question about, I don't remember what the question was, but I asked him something and he said, well, he goes, let me go back to math. I see the whole world as a complex mathematical problem. And the way he said it was a complex mathematical problem. There was sort of this underlying tone of something you'll never understand because <laughs> I will never understand the types of complex math that he does. But seriously, he was, he was not being condescending. He just said, the whole world is like this. And he goes, the way you solve a complex, you know, applied mathematical problem is it's on the board. He goes, think about it. You've seen these things with all the symbols and everything on the board. He goes, the first thing you do is you go and plug in what we've learned over the centuries. There have been mathematicians who have solved common and certain things. And so you plug in your theories and your theorems and all this into this math problem. He said, then you look for where the holes are. And that's where you go to work. So the first thing that he says, the way he sees anything that happens is what do we already know? What can we already solve? And you fill that in. Then you look at the gaps, and that's where you start reverse engineering what maybe we have to do to fill in those gaps. And it fascinated me, and I've now known him for four years, and you know, I realized that he's great in a crisis, right? Because it's like, he's like, all right, let's step back. What do we know? What do we not know? Let's reverse engineer you know, that problem. But I can see it when he talks to me, and, and we get along very well, but you know, we're, we're very different. Uh, his, his name is Thomas. My name is Thomas. He grew up in Southern California. I grew up in Southern California. He's a genius. I grew up in Southern California. <laughs> but, but, but the, the, the reality is he's a super nice kid and all this, but I, but I see when he starts thinking that the wheels in his brain are moving differently yeah. than mine. And so when, when you've been around those types of people, what do you think it is that allows them to do that? Um, I think there are some natural gifts that we're describing there. Uh, certainly with uh, your Tom uh, and I'm Tom. He is Thomas. He is oh not, Thomas. He, he so is, there's to, yeah, to make sure that distinction occurs because yeah. you're both being from Southern California. You want to make sure there's not a confusion. Right? Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He's not a big nickname fan. He is Thomas. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, they, they, there is different processing power. I mean, I say this, uh, you know, frequently. Uh, I think we, we're, we're all gifted in different ways. Some people have more processing power than others. And that's, you know, the way some people are faster than others. Uh, and so, as you described, Thomas, I'm thinking about uh, one of the people I work with, which is Elon Musk. I know we talked about him in, in the past. And I, um, I didn't want to name drop. That's why I yeah. just said you worked with some famous visionaries. Yeah, yeah I mean, but if you give a prime example, and he's, he's certainly one and probably the one that's been, uh, you know, most influenced to me and not, not surprising to me. And I think people worldwide would say that now. Uh, but it's, it's uh, 
there is a gift. There's a different way of thinking with Elon. He, um, you can see it. You can see the wheels in motion. And they say, hey, he'll, I mean, he'll sit and listen. Uh, and he is literally considering what's being said. And then he's plugging in things from other places. He has the ability. Uh, it's been written and spoken about. Uh, and so I'm not uh, talking out of school for saying this at all. Uh, he has the ability, the way you just described Tom as seeing a, uh, an equation, like uh, picturing an equation on the board. Elon can do the same thing. He does the same thing with software or, or prototypes and things like that, where it's almost like uh, the way he describes it, uh, it's like he can picture the object and examine it from all sides, uh, the way that you can picture a computer uh, you know, graphic uh, being generated. Uh, he's got the ability to do that, and I, I don't think he's just saying that. As I say, a born witness to it where he's thinking at a different level, you know, a different level or certainly with more processing power than a lot of people, uh, a lot of people otherwise have. Do you think that's something we can learn? I mean, I struggle as I've, you know, been around lots of these people, but especially when I look at, you know, the brilliance of my, my future son-in-law and the way his mind works, I don't ever expect to be a mathematician, but do you think we can learn to think three-dimensionally? Do you think we can learn to look at problems and do that? Or is that just, they're wired differently than we are? Uh, no, I think we can learn to a certain extent, but uh, let me be clear here. It's the same way I can learn to hit a baseball, right? Or a golf ball. Um, I... I'm going to be better than uh, somebody 50 years ago would have been uh, because I'm able to study people that are doing it at the top of their game right now, and I'm able to benefit from the advances in technology. Uh, so certainly my game is going to be better with work than somebody 50 years ago. Likewise, you, know, you and I or others can get up to uh, perhaps a higher level than somebody with respect to these other pursuits than somebody 50 years ago. But there's always still going to be the superstar. There's always going to be the person that can hit the, the baseball farther or the golf ball farther. They're simply better. They have natural gifts that are beyond those of the mere mortals. <laughs> that's no, I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's true. And I, I struggle with that because in, in my own world of just hosting this podcast, you know, or, or being a speaker, you know, I always want to be better. I want to provide more value for the people who are listening, but sometimes I don't even know where to start. I always start thinking if I could just, if I could see things at a more three dimensional or a bigger, bigger value, I could do that. But I, I haven't figured out how to, how to advance myself that way yet. Yeah, but we do it. You are certainly advancing every time. Even this conversation is advancing you. Uh, and the other good point, uh, Tom, is that you got you clearly have other gifts, right? You may not be uh, a mathematician by any means, but boy, you could describe one better than most mathematicians. <laughs> that is true. I can I can I can weave the story of of a mathematician pretty well. Hey. I ask everyone who comes on the show who it is they admire. Because, JP, we could talk about you all day long, and, and you're cool. You're doing cool things. But I think great I think great entrepreneurs are observers. So when you look out there into the world of entrepreneurship, who do you say, she or he, they're doing the really cool stuff? The really cool stuff. So that's, a, that's interesting because uh, I, I don't want to cop it on the answer. When you, I, I work with a lot of different entrepreneurs and a lot of different clients, and I see a lot of uh, uh, exceptional skills I see a lot of different processing power, actually. I want to speak to that quickly before I sort of ultimately answer because, as I say, I don't want to cop out, but uh, I think I will have to go back to Elon to answer the, the question. Uh, <laughs> number, uh, number, one answer, number one answer yeah. on the show, by the way, yeah. is Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, Although, a little bit of a caveat, no one else knows him but you. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give you the first answer ever is my friend Elon Musk. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because so, I will come back to it that way. But uh, before I do that, because the way you ask that question... Uh, I have to say there's one commonality amongst a, the, a, the majority of successful entrepreneurs that I see. And they have, I will say this right now, the whole range of processing powers, right? I've got uh, some clients that are 
clearly not working with a lot upstairs, but they are doing a couple of things that leads them to that success all the way through the people with the, the, the brightest minds, right? And that is what we described before is they've got a passion for something, they're committed to it. And the other thing I didn't say before that I realize is they're also they're, they come from a place of abundance where they believe that they can create this, right? And they bring people along for the ride with them. So those are the people that I see being the most successful. I think Elon exhibits all those things. And then, to, you know, as I say, without copying out, to come back to it, my friend Elon, I will say, <laughs> in addition to all of those things, he is sincerely looking for ways to change the world. So he is looking where there are gaps. Like Elon, despite what maybe you've heard or what others are saying, he's not really doing it for the money. Uh, and I think that you've probably seen evidence of that by the fact that he's been prepared to risk his whole fortune on a number of occasions because he believes in something. Uh, and he believes, among other things, that we need to be uh, a, a race of people that is able to go to other planets, right? And so he's willing to risk his fortune on that because he believes in it passionately and thinks we can do it. And he sees a gap in our ability to do so right now. So he's right now seeking to fill that gap. And for that, you have to admire him, right? Or you have to look at that commitment to it and actually the ability to execute, which he's demonstrated he's capable of doing. Well, and most people have enough trouble chasing. There's an old Texas saying, if you chase two pigs, you can't chase one. Most people, it's impossible for them to grow a company that any of us have ever even heard of, much less that is, is you know, a major player in, in, in the world of whatever their industry is. He's got like three of them. You know, it's like he's like in three different industries doing three different things. And, and we're hearing about the companies, you know, now, I, you know, I think they've all got probably a long way to go to, to be fully proven. But, you know, he, he's doing three. He's doing the job of three entrepreneurs every day. At least three entrepreneurs. He's probably doing the jobs of 18 or 20 entrepreneurs, actually. Um, so that's another whole skill set that, uh, uh, you know, you could explore on this, uh, how to actually manage all that. But the, overar- the overarching uh, principle by which he's operating is he is creating in those spaces. He's disrupting and creating in those spaces where he knows there's an opportunity for improvement. Yeah, well, I'm not going to make the ask, ask to have him on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, but uh, I have this secret fantasy that someday I'll interview him. There you go. Well, maybe we'll make a little mention to him for you. There you go. Yeah. Hi, hi, Elon. Thanks for listening to this episode. Appreciate <laughs> That's it. That's right. You know, love to have you as a guest. Yeah. So the last question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I really believe that if you're fortunate, and we're fortunate if we get to carve our own path in the world, whether you make a lot of money or not, if your ladder's against the right wall and you're doing it, you're fortunate. But I think it's more than making money. I think that, like you were saying about about Elon, I think there has to be some sort of a thing where you want to leave a mark for the greater good. So JP, what do you do? Uh, community, I guess. I mean, I first I'd be remiss for not mentioning my wife, who will listen, I'm sure, and uh, kids. So, I mean, family life is absolutely essential. But beyond extending beyond uh, the your immediate family is the community. Uh, for myself, I serve on a number of boards uh, and uh, and involved with my local golf club. Uh, and in those capacities, I always make it known that I'm willing to help out. Uh, so whether it be uh, you know a fix up at the club or uh, with one of the local uh, BIAs uh, assisting a business owner launch their, their next endeavor, make it known that I'm prepared to speak to those. Usually it's, as I said from the beginning, uh, that first conversation to give them some insight and perhaps make an introduction to them that it will allow them to get on their way. In so doing, as I say, I think the community is enriched and, uh, and we're all enriched by that because it's good for that person, but ultimately it comes back to me in spades as well because if I've helped somebody else out and they do well as a consequence of that, 
it, they always speak well of me and somebody else will come back to me as a consequence thereof. So it's, it's to be good to others because good things happen to those that are doing that. No, I, I agree. And when I first met you, I, I sort of witnessed that. We were at a conference and there were people all across the board. There were people who were clearly very successful at everything they did. And there were people who were playing on their hopes and dreams. And I watched you talk and listen to everybody. There was no like, well, who is this person? And uh, that was one of the things that drew me to you was you were just glad to be there with humans. And if you had something that you could share and add, you were going to do that. And you were willing to give as much time to whoever was talking to you as, as at all possible. And that's actually a rarity that especially somebody with your level of success, sometimes they're like, well, what's in it for me? And I was really impressed with sort of your, your humanity at that conference we were at. That's very cool, Tom. Thanks for saying that. It's absolutely true. I also, I think you and I connected on that basis because you and I ended up speaking with each other as well. And we could tell we had an affinity because you're exactly the same type of person. Well, you know, I mean, I, I talk about it often on the show, not every episode, but, you know, we started a thing God, more than 10. I've been working full time 10 years, but 15 years ago, I started speaking. And probably about 14 years ago, we started what we call the Kate Singer Endowment for Cranial Facial Surgery and Research. So my daughter, Kate, who's now 17, was born with a condition where the bones in her head were fused together. And she had to undergo really massive surgery where they removed much of the top of her skull when she was six months old. And without going into details, uh, it was really kind of a horrible time to go through to hand your child over at six months old to a surgical team where they were going to remove her skull. Uh, they told us the bones would probably grow back. And I always make the joke that what part of that isn't reassuring, you know, probably was not the word you wanted to hear, but, but they did. She's 17. She's, you know, got super great grades and as a senior in high school, really high ACT score. She's the world is her oyster. Uh, she'll never remember what she went through at six months old. And mm. I always add that her mother and I will never forget. And so several years ago, we started donating just a little bit, little percentage point here and there when I give a speech. And then that became my full-time business. So it's always a little bit <laughs> that we give to two research funds, one at the Dell Children's Hospital in Austin, Texas, where we live, which did not exist when Kate was born. And one at the Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego, where Kate had her surgery 17 years ago. And, uh, you know, we just thought, oh, maybe we'll raise $10,000 over time. It's now over $70,000. And I tell people all the time that you don't have to be rich to make a difference. You just have to find kind of your way to do something consistently. And it, it totally can make a difference. So uh, anybody who's interested in that can go watch my TEDx talk. That's called The Art of Giving Small. And it's the story of how we don't give a lot. We've just done it for 14 years. What, uh, what, Tom, that's fantastic. What are the ways, I mean, uh, as opposed to the TEDx talk, is there like a link or anything like that where if somebody wanted to see more just to, to read through as well? Yeah, if you go to tomsinger.com, there is a, a tab on giving back and then there's a tab on my TEDx talk. So, although the cool <laughs> thing, if you, if you go to tomsinger.com slash TEDx, I always tell people the best part of that page is Kate, who is now 17, when she was 15, she gave a TEDx talk. And I've put her TEDx talk on my page with mine just because I think it's cool to watch mine, but but it's way cooler to have been 15 and done a TEDx talk. I mean, who does that? Kate does that. That is, that is very cool, right? So the you know, theme here, that's a cool thing to do. That's for sure. That's right. When I was 15, I wasn't thinking, wow, can I go no. give, a, give a talk that'll end up on the TEDx YouTube page? So. Yeah, really. It's hey. amazing. Hey, well, thank you so much for sharing of your time here with the audience at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So JP, if people are listening to this and they think this guy was cool, I got to know more about him. How do they find you? Oh, thanks for that, Tom. Yeah. And again, thanks for having me on the show. Wonderful to be here. Love, love, the, uh, love the podcast, by the way. Big shout out. 508 is really an accomplishment. Uh, for finding me at the traditional law firm, 
conductlaw.com. So how you conduct your affairs, C-O-N-D-U-C-T-L-A-W.com. Uh, in Orlando, Florida, cplspa.com. Uh, uh, and then if you would like, like to learn more about me or some of the other work that I'm doing, jpmacavoy.com. As we described earlier, we've got a podcast that's called The Millionaire's Lawyer. You can find all that good stuff at jpmacavoy.com, which is jpmcavoy.com. That's awesome. Everybody run over and check it out. His podcast is great as well. And, uh, you know, he is the lawyer to millionaires. So it's the millionaire's lawyer. Go and check that one out. And thank you so much to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every single time. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we even have a show? So it's all about you. Uh, I started this show as a way for me to have access to really smart people doing really cool things. But along the way, I found other people who wanted to share and listen. So I really appreciate it. Do me a favor. If you like the show, Go leave a review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast love. And then in addition to that, uh, tell a friend about it. Uh, when I meet people who listen to the show, I say, how did you ever find my show? The usual answer is my friend was a guest or my friend told me about it. My mom listens. Uh, it's always through word of mouth. And so I can't ask enough times, go tell somebody about the show. That would be awesome. Uh, and then tune back in in a couple of days. We say it all the time. Go out there, try something new, shake the trees, you know, Find the right wall to put your ladder against. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.